Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a pair of balls to the face. What's up, Gene and Nico? Ah, yes. Balls to the face. (laughs) You ran. You ran. You knew I had to go there. You knew I had to go there for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, my wrists are intact. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gene. How can people find you? Uh, my name is Gene Zielank. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And we have a very special guest tonight uh, because Sarah is taking the evening off. Uh, we have Nick Algier joining us. What's up, Nico? Oh, you can find me not on Twitter. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> it's probably a healthy choice you made there. It's a very healthy choice. I'll never tweet. <laughs> never tweet. No, um, you, you know what? If you do want to, if you do want to see pictures of really cute kids or the occasional inspirational sunset picture, you can find me on Instagram. Handle Nigeria. People still use handles. <laughs> Is it still referred to as a handle? You have to jiggle the handle. I heard. You might have to jiggle the handle in one. Yeah. So. All right. Let's look. We we've, we've been doing this show uh, for a few weeks now, and uh, really, we just basically disregard the Eagles. So we had to start this episode with the Eagles. I have my Eagles hat on in the midst of baseball season, uh, but we had the draft this week. Um, let's just start with with round one and and the move up uh, to kind of snake Devonte smith uh, away from the giants with uh you know making a deal with the devil with jerry jones what what was your reaction to this on draft night nico start us off i don't know like i i'm really pleased with the pick i think it gets a firm fist bump not like a weak half hazard <laughs> passive aggressive don't touch me no. fist bump like it's a strong fist bump um you know i think it was the player that we had our eyes eyes on all along I think, um, other than you know grabbing a grabbing a cornerback, yeah. but uh, you know you're asking me, we moved back. I was pissed off about that because I kind of wanted to stay at six, but then again, as things kind of shaked out and all the quarterback needy teams exposed themselves, you know, it was the right move to to move back. Was it the right move to have to give up a third round pick to jump up? ahead of the Giants to grab Devonta Smith. It, yeah, I think that was the right move, although it's really cut seams my plans that we did have to give up that pick. All in all, I'll take it. I think it's a solid move. And if he is or ends up being anything close to the comparisons that he's had in the Marvin Harrison, you know, everybody's saying, oh, you like Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison. I will take that 100 times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gene, do you feel like round one kind of played – Played out perfectly. Well, I don't remember a year that I've ever seen so many mock drafts. You know what I mean? It just felt like this was the year of the mock draft. No matter where you went, everybody had a mock draft. And not only like one mock draft, but some guys were on like version 8.0, 9.0, 10.0. So in a way, I you know, and for some reason, I just really dove into trying to like sort of see how, you know, it was going to play out. I, I don't follow college football religiously, but I usually have some idea of, like, who the, you know, like, top 15, top 20 guys, 
usually who the who the best at each you know of the major positions are. I wanted to get one of those top end cornerbacks because I think that yeah. at least the top three guys are sort of like they're going to walk in and they're going to start wherever they're going to be. Um, and I would I love to have like Slay on one side and a and a, another starting cornerback. I think that that makes your defense that much better. But aside from that, if you can get a guy who could sort of be the difference maker that Devonte Smith might possibly be, and you get to sort of give a, a a middle finger to the to the Giants via the Cowboys in a weird way, um, you know, all the better. Um, you know, Dallas at that spot could sort of see like our guy, they wanted that linebacker. Our guy is going to be there. Um, the Eagles want a wide receiver. Um, the Giants clearly the worst kept secret in the draft was that they wanted Devontae Smith. Um, so they, they were licking their chops. Uh, so Dallas is like, Hey, uh, sort of get to screw the Giants and get a third round pick out of the Eagles there to, you know, to them, it was sort of a no brainer because they were going to get the guy they were going to draft anyway. So is um, it is it bad form? So if you're the Cowboys, right, and and you get this, you get the call from the Eagles. Hey, we want to move up. You know, what do you think? A third round, you know, swap first round, third. Uh, do do the Cowboys ever go knowing full well that the Giants also want this player? I mean, would it, is it is it bad form? Is it is it not like would you think they would call them and say, hey, we got this offer. Can you beat it? I mean, I'm actually surprised I mean, that the Giants the didn't Giants, play a the little. the Giants want to move one spot? No, well, I know because they're in a weird position, right? Like you wouldn't think you would have to move up one spot in the draft if you know the team drafting ahead of you uh, it, it, it has different needs than you do. But they had to have seen this coming, right? Like the, the Eagles had so many draft picks. If they valued the same player, they, they they should have seen something like this coming. I just feel like that there they didn't is no way. That the Eagles, yeah, no way. No, they didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know that the the phone lines between Philadelphia and Dallas would even connect. I didn't even know there was a phone line there. I didn't seriously. Ah. I didn't even know that there would have been an open line of communication there at all, especially considering after last year's draft. When they took, you know, everybody was like, Eagles are going to grab C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb. And then, like, Cowboys scooped him up, like, a couple picks earlier. And, you know, they were like, Jerry, remember Jerry Jones? He was, like, sitting there on a couch with some young woman. And, you know, they yeah, were, like, and then, like, even, even like, three, then, three years before with Dallas Goddard. Yeah. yeah, you make a good point. Same thing. We still, yeah. I, yeah. I do think so, that, so that you sort of the forget. Eagles and the Cowboys were in cahoots for a trade. Who am I? Well, I, I think you sort of, you know, if you're in Dallas's position, I don't think that the Giants were going to call. And I, I think that there's no way that they were going to give up a third round pick to move up one spot. So I think Dallas looked at it as we're going to have to face this kid in the in the division either way. You don't like, think they would have? You don't think the Giants would have? I don't think I mean, the by Giants all accounts, their draft was just like a disaster after that. Yeah, well, I think that – I just don't think that – I think they probably should have if that was really the plan. But if you get this phone call from Dallas's camp that says we've been offered a third round pick for our slot, because if you're Dallas, you're not going to say it's the Eagles, right? Or maybe you do. Um, I don't and, know. You know, I'm just you it. The Giants are going to tell you to fuck off. So then you, I mean, and maybe we don't know that they didn't do that. I mean, I guess you know. But the the whole I've always wanted to to have sort of the inside scoop on how these things go down. Like I literally want to have 
NFL films do a a chain and I have part the solution. series. I have the solution. What's that? I have a solution. Next what year, is it? we make them all draft together in the same room. Everybody, <laughs> Howie, like by divisions. So, oh, so it's like a tribal council situation where, like, like, you see everyone but it's talking gotta, to everyone. Else. Exactly, but it's. But I'm not talking like one of these like theaters where, like, you know, they're on one side. No, I'm talking like a nice small room, like a garage, like a twenty by twenty. Shove them all in there. Could, in the could you host like this in your garage? Draft. Then we'll see what's cracking. Then we'll, could you host this in your garage? I bet you I could fit the NFC East in here. It's a one car. <laughs> I'd have to move some of my daughter's bikes out of the driveway, but I think I could make it work. Yeah. Uh, I make it work. Nice. So, so uh, I mean, well, you know, our our little chat group went nuts when you're watching, because I, I was watching, like, my wife had something on the TV. I was watching this, like, on my phone. on And then as, uh, actually, Handmaid's Tale, thank you. Um, and as soon as I saw, like, the Sister Eagles Life. were now on the clock, like, Dallas is on the clock, and then it was replaced with the Eagles. It was like, what the heck is going on? Like, run in the other room, turn the TV on. What is happening? Mm-hmm. And, what? And like, Howie was kind of scaring me because I thought he was going to go quarterback uh, there. And But, you know, th- so, all right. Yes. Uh, Devontae, fist bumps. Ever, f- Philadelphia's all fist bumping, and you see all the reaction videos online of Eagles fans just, like, absolutely losing their minds. Everyone's super excited. And that was a good. Uh, that was a good. Fr- I, I feel like it went perfectly. Like you got, like probably going into the draft, they potential. I mean, I think that they were targeting those cornerbacks by all accounts. This even uh, how he said he called like the Broncos and uh, well, who who was the other one that took it? it was the Lions. Uh, Lions. Yeah, um, to see if they could move up to those spots to get one of those corners. Yes. But I don't think it was a but too outrageous it, to say they yeah. could have taken Smith even at six. Right. So. <laughs> I think I everything saw, worked out for him. But draft, then he gave up that third round pick. Taking Smith at six. Right. You know, that's so, that third round pick, though. That's the one that's the straight hair that like, really gets me, though. Like, if that went to the Broncos or somebody, I could care less. Just the right. fact that, like, the da- the Cowboys were able to still get their guy, Micah Parsons, and yeah. get the Eagles' third round pick. Like, we gave him a little bit of capital for it. It still kind of pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, well, like my mom but, says, worry about you know. yourself. But, uh, but in a vacuum, yes, I mean, you can look at the way the, the Eagles sort of worked it out that you end up picking up an extra first-round pick next year. So you're going to have yeah. two first-round picks next yeah. year, possibly. Or you have now you have a well, we have three. We have three first-round picks next year, right? Yeah, the indie pick conveys. Yeah, the, Carson's yeah. got to Carson's got to pay seventy-five percent of snaps, and if they get to the playoffs, then it conveys the first-round pick, right? Yep. Oh wow! And if they get to the playoffs, you know, probably like what, like a. Pick twenty or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, but still, scenario, I mean, you're, you're gonna get you're gonna you know, get three guys in the, right top in the top thirty. Would, would it also count if Carson gets seventy five percent of bone and spine snaps? <laughs> no, it doesn't convey. Then I think it's a second round <laughs> pick. If he gets injured, it turns into a second round pick. All right, I just so want a clarification because technically, yeah, there's still your clarification. Snaps. Okay, thanks. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be the biggest, and we're gonna have to convert this podcast to an Indianapolis Colts podcast for not about four months. This is gonna be the "Come on, Carson, do just enough" podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be really hopeful <laughs> that he plays well. Um. All right. So round two, with the thirty seventh pick, Landon Dickerson. 
And mixed feelings. I like the pick. I, I liked the pick until I read about the pick a little bit yeah. more. And I was like, oh, great, ACL. A- all I, I just read ACL, and I was like, awesome, awesome. That got a weak fist bump for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, with like, the 300. You put ACL next to a lineman's name, especially at that age, forget about it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a 350-pound man with, like, knee and ankle problems, it's a perfect uh, recipe. Did Bamboo Brad just go yard? Oh, but he's a great leader. He's a great <clears throat> leader. I mean, I hope it works out, but I don't know. I'm yeah, nervous. Howie was all about, like, this was a risk we were willing to take. Um, I mean, I guess the game plan is that this kid's not going to play. I don't love the idea that you've got a second-round pick. That you're shelving. We've we've been down that road before. Yeah, Sidney um, Jones. Right. Um, so you know, I I get it. Like you you are okay at center and guard right now, but if you remember last year, I mean, if you watch an Eagles game, they will they reminded you that every week it was now the eleventh starting uh, uh combination of linemen that we started. So he's not gonna play guard or anything like that, right? Well, I think he will because the way that the, you know that things happen, but um I think that ideally, if in a perfect world, they wouldn't need him to play. They'd like to have him just spend because he had that injury. Not only did he have it last season, but late in the season, like he got it. Like I think during the championship game, or uh, maybe the you know it was. It so was you'll have a line. You'll have a line ideally that looks something maybe, like what is that line? So it's so it would be what Mylotta Brooks. Brooks Kelsey, Dickerson, and then um, Lane Johnson. Oh, you don't think Dillard is the left Lane tackle? Johnson. No. You no. think it's Mylotta here? Yeah, not at all. And I'll tell you what, my Mylotta had a he came on yeah. last year too, and I think he made a believer. And I think these, I think he might be one of the main reasons why Jeff Statlin signed on for another year and for a brand new coaching staff too. The fact that we yeah. were able to retain him as our offensive line coach is massive, and it speaks volumes to the talent, talent, if healthy, that that line still has. So, well, that would be great you know, because Mylotta was what? That's his project. Sixth. I think he was like a sixth-round pick. He was a late-round guy. Mylotta. Was he even drafted? He was even drafted? football until three years I ago. Think he was, yeah, he was I think he was drafted, drafted but okay. he was like a sixth- or seventh-round guy, and he was a rugby player, obviously. He was like seventh-round guy, but, like Mr. Irrelevant. We, I think we drafted a guy in the first round once who was a fireman who I, I, I who never, who never played for us, you know. Uh, so to get a rugby player that might end up being your starting left tackle in the sixth round, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. So uh, you know how he says, I know a lot of his. Uh... Go ahead, Nico. No, no, no. I was just gonna say if you've ever, if you haven't yet seen. His uh, rugby highlight reel, Jordan Mayata, before he got drafted to the NFL. Do yourself a favor after this broadcast, of course, not during it, after. Go to YouTube, Google that, and watch it absolutely destroy people. It's unbelievable. He's, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. How he said that he, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people weren't thrilled with some of the 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 picks after the first round, uh, but you know we won a championship with uh, with 
you know, drafting through the through the line, and that's how we're going to win another one. But I, I just think that um, I, I just think that the Eagles' complete disregard for the linebacker position is somewhat disturbing. I know we ended up getting a a linebacker, I think, in in round seven. He's a hybrid um, linebacker safety. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rufus says there's no way this kid doesn't start at least half the games at guard. Um, then we'll be the starting center for years. Uh, it's about time they finally acknowledge that Kelsey ain't good anymore. I, I definitely Shots think they, fired at Kelsey. Oh, I definitely think that Kelsey might be on the downside of his career. Yeah. I, don't know I, would, I, would, I don't know if I would say that he's not good anymore. Well, he does uh, have an expiration yeah, I do date. Kelsey I mean, we do have to recognize. Yeah, yeah, we do have to recognize he's not going to play forever. I mean, and it's an important position. Yeah, but that was disrespectful. That was disrespectful. <laughs> Come on, Rufus. Get it together. No, I'm sorry. Jason Kelsey is an M. And they said Jason Kelsey wasn't good anymore. And until he breathes his last breath. So if you are going to be critical of Jason Kelsey, do it in a way that is respectful. That was disrespectful. Rufus, have a seat, please. In the back of the room. Um. All right, round four. And if his knees hold up, let's hope so. That's best case scenario. Yeah. Round four, because we traded away our third round pick to the Cowboys. Um, Zach McPherson. Is that the, Can we the just tackle? Call him Zach. Come Cornerback. On. Dude, it's yeah, Zach. It That's how he pronounces. He says Zach. I know it's Zach. Oh, he does? Yeah, Zach Berman said, hey, what, how do I pronounce your name? And he said Zach, which I thought Zach Berman should come back with. Oh, yeah, me too. But he didn't. He he. He missed his opportunity. All right. Well, then I'm going <laughs> right, to be lot. mispronouncing people's name. Apologies to uh, Alshon Jeffries. Deep with a <laughs> U. Good one. Apologies to Alshon. Come on. <laughs> All right. So Zach McPherson. Just call, me, uh, just call me Nick with a D. Nick with a D. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they go uh, running back Everybody's with uh, Kenneth Gainwell in round five. Um, and then round six, Marlon. Smallwood to me. Tui Pelotu. Is that the other tackle? We got two D tackles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Edge yeah, rush yeah, with yeah. not enough bend. So, I mean, look. What the other picks so are a lot you of gotta, you know, The team is Swiss cheese. The yeah. team is Swiss cheese. We can argue about, you know, did you fill the right holes in the cheese? But no matter how you did this, you only have so many picks. And you, I mean, not, are even all these guys going to play? No, you know, like, you know, you can't fill everything through the draft. So we're going to see what happens again. Yeah, just gonna have come to, on, corner, cornerback, corner. You're going to have to put they the really left. Honestly, I think they should trade Darius Slay. Yeah, absolutely. Or trade one of maybe one of the packs, one of those first round picks. Who knows? Maybe Ertz and a second round pick or something like that's going to go and turn into a cornerback. But I really thought that they were going to address cornerback in this draft, and they didn't. That's the biggest hole of this cheese that that I'm seeing. Were you, Were you guys surprised that Zach Ertz is still on the team after the draft? Kind of. Yeah, I kind of thought they may, when they traded that third pick out, I kind of thought they might use him to trade back into the third round. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would have been not a bad get for Zach Ertz if you could have gotten, a uh, you know, like a mid-third round pick. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of talented guys that were were there in that in that area, and there are definitely teams that need tight ends. 
Oh my God, is David Hale in this baseball game? That's that's never good. <sighs> Sorry, I mean, like, if you're watching along with us, you know, please turn on the Phillies and, um, you know, writhe in frustration along with us uh, if you want. But um, well, I think Girardi's going out again. Phillies are up six two right now in the seventh. Um, but you know, David Hale's doing his best to to give this away. Um, all right, so which 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 pick was the uh, the the awkward fist bump situation? It was the Milton, um, uh, that one. The Mar- Marlin Tui uh, Pelotu. No, 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 no. It was, um, it was that. Uh, he's a defensive tackle. Milton. Patrick Johnson. Somebody Google it real quick. Nope. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Smith, Dickerson, McPherson, Gainwell, Tui Pulotu. And uh, Johnson. I don't know. But whatever it was, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a bad look? Do we care? Is it important to anyone? I guess I guess Nico doesn't care. It's <laughs> important to me. <laughs> well, why? Why? Am I gone? Yeah. Did you put your thumb over the lens? <laughs> Bye, Nico. We lost you. I mean, I, it's it, it got a lot of press. It, you know, I don't think it, it's not really that important to me. I'm sure, like, th- these disagreements happen all the time. It's just annoying to me because there is so much there. There is so much chatter about, like, um, they don't listen to their scouts. Well, right? I, I, like, I, I, I was seeing today how he came out and sort of said, like, it's my job to go to all of the departments and sort of take all of the data and then ultimately make the decision. Um, I, I, I like the, 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 the premise that there is somebody who is, as, as we've heard in the past, like that, that is the decider. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's how he's sort of in this position where he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. And, um, you know, not that I'm the biggest Howie Roseman fan in the entire world, but, um, you know, I've never seen him not look awkward basically doing anything. So the fact that he would look awkward in, in doing his, like, like for his biggest day of the year doesn't surprise me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what is your thought? Do you do you think that there are f- true fracturing in that room to the point where they're, they're not, you know, they're – they're never going to be able to like sort of get along to, to, to get things done. Oh no. I'm sure they'll always be able to get along to get things done. I think it was just like a, a moment where like two guys definitely didn't agree. And the weasel of the two guys was like, come on, man, let's be friends. And he was like, yeah, whatever, get out of here. You know, yeah, that's where I'm at with it too. But I mean, that's a sort of a balanced rational approach to it, which this fan base doesn't always have. Um, like I said, there's all this, I mean, what was the article in the Atlantic or something that's, or the, um, the athletic that said the, uh, the, how he doesn't listen to scouts and they only listen, they only pay attention to analytics and they do their own thing anyway. So, you know, it's just a bad look at it and it's bad timing for it too. Um, do you think it, Howie, and it's funny to think in the draft room, you have to worry about optics. Yeah. Yeah. Do you right? think that Howie doesn't listen to scouts because he thinks he, he, he knows more than they do? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, do you doubt for a second that Howie doesn't think he's smarter than every single person that he ever comes in contact with? Well, no, I'm sure I, he I does. Okay. I think he does. Like, why, have, why do you even have a scouting department then? You know what I mean? Like, why hasn't he just – if you're not going to listen to them, like, especially of all days draft day. I don't you know, know. Maybe he thinks if you're so smart, maybe you should be the general manager of the football team. Then. Well, yeah, he probably does think that. <laughs> I just worry because I keep hearing these stories now where Jeffrey Lurie has sort of got that sort of same mindset where when 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 people talk to him, he he really goes on and on and on about the style of football that he wants to watch. And unfortunately, I don't know that – I think I'd rather have the style of football that wins games rather than the style of football that entertains, that entertains Jeffrey Lurie. I, I hope that those two things would agree, but if they don't, I prefer boring and winning over b- b- greatest show on turf and six and 10 or seven and 10. Now yeah. I prefer owners not meddling in the uh, day-to-day operations of player personnel personally. You know, I get it. You're investing a lot of money into it. I get it. Oh, You're the owner, man. but I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of would rather was Jeffrey Lurie always this hands-on. When it came to like roster construction and influence, we don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess he wasn't with Chip, but they're certainly painting that picture now. Yeah, I mean, he certainly wasn't with Chip. I wouldn't think. Yeah, and (laughs) it didn't feel that way. We're projected. What? What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you. Oh, you're laughing at? Oh, is what I'm saying funny? This is a very serious (laughs) conversation here. This is a sad situation. Well, Jeffrey, what you got to laugh in the owner's box? Jeffrey Lurie needs to stay in the owner's box, look handsome with his little curly, curly white quaff. Enjoy yourself. And All I gotta say is let, the fight on the football team coach coach. to say about it. All right. No. Yeah, I. You know what? To me, I feel like he's like venturing into like Jerry Jones territory and just getting too hands on as an owner, and yeah. you just get annoying. You're rebranding the Eagles into like Jeffrey Lurie's Eagles, Jerry Jones's Cowboys. You know, let the Eagles be the Eagles, and you can be the owner. Just kind of like. Take a step back and let the organization run the show. Look, bring back Instead Kelly Green. You can do whatever you want. To make, call the shots. I think if you bring back Kelly Green, you'll get a free season. He hates it. Jeffrey Lurie has been on record of being like not a huge yeah, fan. He's a pain in the ass. All right, let's move on to the Phillies. Um, and no. wow, what a week! What a week. I mean, we have a whole show uh, in the archives called The Unwritten Rules of Baseball, but and it really came into uh, really came into play this week when um, you know Bryce Harper gets a 97 mile per hour fastball to the to the right face. to the dome. Right to the face. <laughs> to the visage. And uh, just like an absolute <laughs> boss just gets the hell up like nothing. And, and is out for the next two games for not game. even that reason. Um, is pretty wild. And then, you know, uh, Gregorius can say, I mean, this has been discussed to death at this point. Um, I think we all agree that the umpires, which have just been absolutely terrible all season long this year, uh, should have at that point, like you choose to intervene in so many games in so many high pressure situations. Why not choose to intervene at this point and eject a pitcher who is just on it's just, he's not safe to be in the game. Uh, 
and then the Phillies, uh, I think, handle it. I was, you know, thought maybe somebody would have an opinion. Um, and then the, the Phillies, the next day, have a lot of pressure on them to either, you know, how are they going to respond to the situation? It's the last time you're playing this team for the season. Um, you know, they've just had this type of altercation with the Reds, you know, a couple of weeks before. Uh, how do you handle it? I think they handled it. I mean, in my opinion, they handled it perfectly. Um, two outs in the ninth. They pegged Arenado. Arenado goes to first. It's over. It's done with. That's the proper way to police the game. Now, if Arenado like charged the mound or something like that, that would be that, that would take it to a whole nother level. But I think that the game was policed by the players appropriately in this situation. Now, do, are you surprised that the the umpire didn't toss Naris right then and there, or was it at least? Well, no, because there was no warning in the game. I'm actually we surprised that the, the umpire didn't start the game with a warning. Right. They, as far as I know, they they didn't issue warnings at the beginning of the game, which is actually one thing the umpires did right in this game, um, and throughout this this kind of process, because it allowed for the policing of the game by the players them, themselves. Well, maybe each team had like a little powwow in the clubhouse before the game to kind of like iron things out. No maybe. funny business guys, no funny business. You know what I mean? Okay. Do, do you think that this is the kind of thing that needs to be like banished out of baseball? Do you think that? No, no way. No. I mean, how keyed into that game were you on, like, a what was it, a Wednesday afternoon? Oh, More yeah. so than you would have been if, you know, nothing had happened the day before. Right. Now, I'm not no, saying, I mean, like, I want to watch to see somebody get hit with a baseball, but. But you're kind of like, when and where? When and where is it going to happen? Yeah. When, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. What happened? Well. To- David Guys, it's I know we've 6-5 with two outs in the seven. We've been we've been hailstorm. That's a hailstorm. I, I want to just sort of give you a little context as to what's going on in the Phillies <laughs> game. We've we've been doing the show, and it might not it might not have have registered with us. Um, I don't have the game on here, so I don't know if you picked up on this. But a friend of the show, my friend Brett, texted me and asked, um, "How does the Cataldi talk show? How does Cataldi talk about this lineup card thing tomorrow?" So I didn't know what he was talking about. So I asked him, and he said. The Phillies apparently right now turned in the wrong lineup card and couldn't put in Delos Santos. So instead, they had to put in David Hale. And um, oh, I think okay. this is what we are seeing happen. So Yeah, JoJo Romero is in right now, by the way. What you're seeing, what are your thoughts on that bonehead mistake by the manager? Uh, well, Girardi has not happened. been on a Girardi has not been on a hot streak lately. Um with you know, what, what he maybe miscalculated his mound visits one game. Um, I don't know. Some of the decisions have just been really sort of questionable. But yeah, if they go on to lose this game, that's a that's a manager loss. Yeah, that's not that's not great. That's not great. Hell, I don't, I'm not totally How many mound visits? You get five, visit, I think. Right? Nonsense. You get five. Well, what <laughs> kind of old school five. baseball managers even keeping track of that crap? It's on the scoreboard in the stadium. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying it's ingrained in soul, a certain way to play the game and manage the game. And now all of a sudden, you know, all these like sissy fairy rules come in, you know, the last <laughs> couple of years. You got to do this. You got to do that. Time out. Let's review something. Get out of town. No you're defending Girardi. So confused. In this situation? Yeah, I'm defending Girardi. 
Yeah, I'm defending him. Why not? Somebody's uh, got to well, have his back. I mean, I'm at the. I'm kind of questioning him at this point. If you can't get yeah. a lineup card straight, what was he trying to do? A double switch or something? Uh, I'm not totally sure, but I assume if you've got to bring the lineup card out, you must have been trying to do. Well, Batalico's like going to go nuts yeah. in this post game show. He's probably already going nuts. There's probably there's probably a dent in the desk from him slamming his fist down on the table in the, in the studio. Um, Nico, talk about Avalardo. Avalaro? No, Alvarado. Alvarado. <laughs> I can't do it. Bravado. I try it all the time. Alvarado. Halaputi vali vaitai. Halapaluti vaitai. Halapaluti. That was pretty good, Dave. Uh, I was close. Avalardo. Avalardo. Alvarado. Alvarado. It's Alvarado. the Alvarado. 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 Okay, Alvarado. got it. Got it. The Alvarado Bravado. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I wanted to. They need to have like a little camera in that tunnel and get those two to go after it again. You know I mean, what? You want, why did you want MLB viewership to go up? I don't know. And then like nothing happened to anybody else. Like he must have hurled some pretty nasty insults. Well, Dominic this. Smith yeah. got a um, uh, a fine. Yeah, he, he got, got a fine in a nice press conference to rebut. And did you hear anything from Alvarado? Nothing. What? Dominic Smith can go, go and sit in front of a bunch of reporters and be like, yeah, anytime, anywhere. You know, I'm a grown-ass man. You know, I'll meet you in the tunnel. He can throw all that kind of stuff out there in front of the press. Yeah. But then Alvarado's the one that gets the three-game suspension? Suspend them both. You know he what didn't I mean? hit anybody. Dominic, he, he's retroactively inciting the violence and Alvarado's inciting the violence on the field. So whether you're doing it on the field or off the field, all both of you should have been suspended for three games. And then we move on with our lives and then, you know, I don't know, peg somebody in the face the next time. You I like it. I like it. Let's go. Like get fired up when you strike, you know, between him and Coonrod, the immortal, the ever living. <laughs> Thank At the Cardinals guy, I mean, it's great. I I, I love those guys. Uh, oh, my God. Ruben Amaro Jr. is on the postgame show. Um, I love those guys you know, getting fired up. What's that? You know, I met Ruben once. Did you? In the Hall of Fame club. Yeah, you guys never saw that selfie? Oh, yeah, I did. Me yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Rube? That's a great picture. Yeah. That's oh, a great one. Um, the guy that does fillers. a little baseball in Ruben Amaro Jr. <laughs> yeah. Other Philly let's stuff. Just you guys like... a, let's just say there wasn't a line of people to try to get a selfie with Ruben <laughs> It was like it was like me holding six sodas. And he's like, really? You want a picture? Yeah, sure. It's guys <laughs> like Jimmy Rollins in the booth. Love him. That, that he, whenever I see that Jimmy's gonna be on, it becomes I gotta watch the TV feed instead of listening to the radio call. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's good. I mean I want to. I want him in there at the same time as Crook. Is that possible? I as said Kruk, the exact yes. same thing. I said the only problem is I'm not sure that we would have like for those that are visually impaired, you would have no idea what's going on in the actual broadcast. <laughs> in the actual game. Like you'd have, you, yeah. it, like you couldn't be for the for the for, for people that can't see the game. Um, but it would be great as yeah, far and as you know what. That's fine. Yeah, they, they those guys should be listening to the radio language better. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I would love to have that because they would just be be talking, uh, you know. They they just seem like they're they're two different leadership styles 
from two different eras of Phillies baseball. But man, they they both bleed Phillies red, and I would just love to love to have them sort of banter off each other for a couple of innings. So, yeah, I like I like Rollins' optimism matched to Crux' curmudgeon. Yeah. You know what I mean? But both yeah, of them with their fun. like you said, fun, Gene, especially one Philly. of those like those games where you know. Girardi's going off or like, you know, cause Crockett's speaks his mind for sure. He gets fired up. Yeah. Yeah. He gets fired up. So uh, Tim Kelly tweeted, obviously it's inexcusable for the Phillies not to have Aniel De Los Santos uh, on the lineup card. It's still pretty lame for the Brewers to call them on a technicality. Not really. No, no. Not I really. think when I you're playing my, baseball I want somebody and... to call like that. That's the, like, that's why you have the lineup cards. Like, Absolutely, and the, if you're if you, you need to whatever edge you can get to win a ball game, you got to use it. I don't think it's bush league, dude. Especially, that. especially with these expanded playoffs, one game means so much more now than ever. Before. Well, all everybody is so bunched up in baseball right now. It's sort of been like a 500 league across the league. There's a couple of really good teams, but then everybody yeah. else is sort of in the middle. You know what I mean? The Phillies are a half game out of first. I mean, what's the NL? The Marlins are only a game and a half back. Yeah. I think two games decides first and last place in the NL East right now. Two and a half mm-hmm. games, something like that, right? And they, and we yeah. played each other the whole month. Yep, yep. And man, I really think the Phillies just need to kind of like I, I know everyone's frustrated with the win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. Um, but I'm actually like okay with treading water for now until the weather heats up, the balls start flying out of the park. You know, all these guys are going to get hot. Um, and I think we're going to have, I think we're actually going to have a pretty fun summer and I think we're going to feast on the NL central, uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, yeah, I, you know as the season, I have, on. I have faith in this bullpen too. I do have faith that this bullpen. Well, we got to get Archie Bradley back. We got to get Archie Bradley back. We got to get Archie Bradley back, but I do have faith. And I really, lo- I really, really love the start that Zach Eflin's having yeah. this year. Um, I think he really solidifies that rotation, that third spot in the rotation. How's you know, David Robertson's rehab couple going, of guys. by the way? <laughs> I, I, think he's still, I think he's still golfing in Aruba and getting paid. <laughs> David Robertson, to me, is like yeah. the Bynum of, uh, of the Phillies. The great like, comparison. He was going to yeah. be like a I great – I think David cl- Robertson oh, – like, I thought he was going to be a great closer. It's like we never even saw him. For all I don't we know, David Robinson could be like the third base coach for the Mariners. I mean, like that guy's <laughs> he's in nowhere land. <laughs> uh Roman Quinn today got injured. Did you see that? That might be the best place for Roman Quinn. What, he, you know what I mean? Everybody full game hitting streak. Dude, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here's a good one, guys. So what do you guys think we should do? Do you think that once Hazley comes back, if he ever does come back? Do you think we keep him on the bench? Do we move Nicky Matan out there into uh, center field just to keep his bat in the lineup? I don't know, man. I feel like if uh, M- Matan is that how you, is that how we're pronouncing it? I thought it was Maton. 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 I know we've had this discussion Nicky Maton. before. I think if he could play center field, he would have been playing center. Can we field. just call him Nicky? Yeah. Come on, Nick. Um, Nikki. Yeah, yeah, I Nick. think <laughs> Nikki. I, I think if he could play center field, he would have been playing center field. Yeah, uh, by now, 
Maybe yeah, he could I play left true. field, but it looks like McCutcheon is kind of heating up now. Yeah, McCutcheon is sort of figuring it out, which is what I've sort of been hoping would happen. You know what I mean? Tarias, I Tar- <sighs> Tarias is down in the minors now. Oh, hey, shout out to the minor leagues who uh, started play again. Yeah, Did we're getting Reading Phil's in, in a few weeks. I'm excited. I'm only, uh, we're down to four minor league teams, but um, it's good that they're it's good that they're back playing. And uh, Gene Segura is hitting leadoff today at the uh, for the Iron Pigs. Uh, Ooh, nice. assignment. So it's nice to see those rehab assignments too. Um, back into effect, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't but back think, to the back to that outfield. Well, he could take Tarias's spot for all I care on the bench. And be like our utility infielder. Well, it I like having the center, center field. Too. It just doesn't solve center field, which is still no. going to be an issue. And try it out like Ogilvy from the Bad News Bears. Get him out yeah. there. Give him a shot. The only thing that's going to solve center field is probably a trade. I don't, and I don't know if you pull the trigger on that soon, or if you wait closer to it to the deadline. I don't, I don't know who's who's available. Yeah, and so far, be- so far, one week in, the Odubel juice isn't worth the squeeze. No, it's not. Get lost, Hoss. Yeah. Beat it. Kick rocks. I mean, the guy's not hitting, so it, isn't that a good enough baseball reason to cut him at yeah, this that, point? Yeah, wasn't that the point? Baseball reason? Wasn't that the point? Yeah, like, he's not only not hitting, he's he he's worse than than – or you know, than Moniac. I don't think at least Moniac hit one out. Yeah, and let me just say I this: really wanted him to succeed. Moniac, right? Yeah, of course. You, but Bruce twenty two. Like really... he, I think he still has a chance. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But I really wanted him to come <laughs> on this year, and just kind of like answer the question. You know what I mean? But here we are again, still in that limbo. I know. It's up to it was up for like there were five guys who could have just been like yeah I'll take I'll take it and none of them did but I I still think at this at this junction right now I think Quinn is the best option because you want the defense in center field correct well I want the defense and I want the disruptive the disruptiveness of him on the base pads because he really does on the base pads. Yeah. When he gets on base, he is like uh, an impact player. It's just getting him on to the base is the issue. Bunt singles, baby. Bunt singles. Bunt signal. Sig with the knob of the bat. Yep. Choke up, choke up a little bit. A little, little two strikes. Choke. choke up. Got to protect. Choke up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Gene, your thoughts? Uh, I choked up all the time. My strategy was to just like try and make myself not swing at the high ones. I was one of those ones that liked the high ones. I, uh, I. <laughs> I was uh, so enamored with the 93 Phillies when I was like in Little League and stuff that I would, crux style, I would hold the knob. Not only would I not choke up, stalker style, I would hold the knob of the bat to try to get as low as possible, like crucker style. Mm. That's I'm bad looking for, for a bat right now. We're live. I That's think I did, the, I, I did a lot of Lenny Dykstra. Give me, know, a, the, give me a tutorial. I kind of like held the bat out. Yeah. Let me see here if I can. All right, out of the way here. So 
I used to like hold it out like this and then kind of bend my knees a little okay. bit and then All bend right. them again a little bit and then I bend like them it. a little bit. Were well, you the kind of so uh, Dykes did this thing when the ball came? If it was even a little bit high, he would like scrunch down lower. Yeah, I think to try to. Were you that kind of guy? Oh yeah. Okay, good. You got to get every uh, every advantage. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then again, I was wearing I was wearing rec specs at the time, so it canceled out all that crap. <laughs> so, you know, I'd be up there trying to do my tough guy thing, and I'd look like Chris Sabo. Onto this show, it's it stop with Chris Sabo. Chris Sabo jersey. All right, let's talk some Sixers hoops. Yeah, I'll tell you uh, what, these, the, these, these non alcoholic beers stop. are going down smooth. <laughs> I bet they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Sixers for the last 15 minutes. Back in first place in the East without the decimal point. That's what I'm talking about. Hashtag eat shit Mets, right? That half game. Meet shit Mets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> eat shit Mets. Eat shit Mets. Oh, my God. What's the score of the Phillies game? Any, any update? Well, it's still the I, I don't think the score has changed, but um, – I I don't know if it just happened or not, but the this Hoskins hit a double and got tagged out at second. All right, so we're at the top of the six now. Philly's still clinging on to a one run lead, uh, oh, six to five. Know. Jojo Romero still uh, still on the bump. How's uh, how's the union doing? Last I looked, there was no score. Well, they were losing one nothing at the half. Yeah, but that's okay. I know they gotta they gotta win by or they gotta not lose by three. So I'm sure they're right. fine. Uh, all right, Sixers. Let's go back to the Sixers. What a difference this team is with Ben Simmons in the lineup and not. Like I'm so wow. sick of people calling radio shows and tweeting and blogging about like how crappy Ben Simmons is. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, just watch the damn game. It's like a completely different team when he plays. What if he doesn't score twenty five points a game? I don't sucks? care how much he scores. Like, it's that's not what his that's not what his game's about. But idiots calling into those radio stations, they're only looking at that one stat. They're not looking at all the intangibles that he does. You know, they're not they're not thinking about the defense that you and I are aware of. That he's just you know he's he's a matchup nightmare. And again, like this is this is part of the problem with fantasy sports and and what it's done to like how we evaluate talent on professional output, sports teams. Output, output. It's like ridiculous. He's not getting triple doubles like you know what I mean. Like whatever, man. Like look at the performance of the people that he guards. It's stunning. It is stunning. and he's going to win defensive player Clamps. of the year. He's going to win defensive player of the year. Well, I mean, he and he can guard. He can guard one through five. So he'll do this. He'll do that to Kemba mm-hmm. Walker, and he'll he'll do the same thing to a power forward. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing that's that's pretty amazing about Ben Simmons is that there there really isn't a a top guy on your team that he can't cause havoc for. And what really the key is is he also allows Thibel to be a lot more of a gambler. And when you've got Ben Simmons and certainly the eraser at center that Joel Embiid can be when he's when he's really on his game, um, you can let a guy like Thibel go out and create a lot more turnovers. It it really does show you how important those three pieces are to this team 
the other guys all sort of have their own roles that they play and they can be, you know, okay defenders, but really those are the thing those are the three guys that are are the keys to you winning basketball games. Well, it does get a little bit stumbly when Simmons and Thibel are on the court at the same time. I think you do lose yeah. a bit offensively um, when that pairing is on the court at the same time. Uh, but man, I mean, like what, what two, I mean, like such interesting guys, like those two guys, they're so unique um, that I just don't know really how you account for that. I mean, it's going to be, look, when we play the nets in the Eastern conference finals, it's going to be fascinating how, cause these, these two teams might as well have not have played at all this year because right. neither team has seen the other and do strength. it's like have its best stuff. And I think that when you walk into that game, the Sixers well, the are going to have, have a better played idea. together with that big three for like seven games. I know, but I think the Sixers are going to have a better idea of what the nets are going to bring to the table. than the nets are going to understand what the Sixers are going to do to counter what they do. Well, if that makes sense. Because the Sixers have played over almost 30 games together with their core, whereas the Nets have played, what, like eight? <laughs> no, I'm serious. And, and, and How I, many games I still don't know who the Nets have. With James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie on the floor. Has it even been eight games? I think it's seven or eight games. It's single digits, dude. Now, granted, the Sixers, you know, I think it's, I think it's like 25, 26 games. When they've had Ben, Tobias, and Joel on the court at the same time, but you know when it's talking about the Nets, like I totally agree with your point. The Sixers are going to know a lot more about how they want to play the Nets than the Nets are going to know how to play the Sixers because those three guys, it seems like they're just kind of like waffling through the regular season. They're only going to turn it on during the playoffs, and that's when I think a sneaky little seven or eight seed, New York Knicks, they may they may play spoiler. And stretch yeah. that team out and wear them down in the first round. Well, I, the, I don't, um, I, I don't believe in the Nets. Well, the Bucks took care of them um, the other day. Now, granted, it was a they weren't at full strength, um, but that's the luxury of if we can hang on to this one seed. There's still a lot of games left, <clears throat> but this is the time of year that I, I kind of hate watching NBA basketball because there's so many teams that are racing to the bottom now. Um, you know, I was actually kind of like, well, what's going to happen with this with this uh, Bulls game? It's a back-to-back, you know, Vucevic and um, Levine. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're not playing anybody. Nobody's playing now this time of year. It's like Trey Young's not playing. Like, no one's playing. And this is like championship week of fantasy basketball, too. And, like, no stars are playing. It's, it's terrific. It's great. It's great for the sport. Um, but our, I am really looking forward to the play-in tournament. Well, LeBron is not looking for it. He isn't. He isn't because he's in it. He's going to be in it, so he doesn't like it. Uh, but I, I'm I'm really excited by that. I'm just yeah. I'm, like, can we just skip the rest of the regular season? And just get, how many games do we have left? Like twelve. Yeah, I think it's like eleven or twelve. So Are there any something like that? Wait, before there... we get too far afield from the from the playoff tree, do you do you do you want the easier road or do you think that Having the Sixers have the two seed and face a challenge early in the playoff run keeps them sharp for the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you want them to take 
No, the easy road. Path? Whatever's going to keep us at home as much easy as possible. Road. Okay, so there's seven games left, all right? Rockets, Pelicans, Pistons, Pacers. That's a lot of peace. Uh, <laughs> Heat, Magic, Magic. We close with back to back against the Magic or a home 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 at home against the Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird and there's schedule. yeah, because we're in this stretch of five games in seven days. Um, so Rockets tomorrow, Pelicans Friday, Pistons Saturday, and then we have one more after that. We have one more back to back, which is Heat next Thursday, and then Magic on Friday. <clears throat> and then and then magic again, but the, both those magic games are are in Philly. So what do you think the re- what do you think the record? What do you said? There's seven games, right? You think we go six and one, six and two? They might have to win all of them, to be honest. Seven games would be five and two. Five and two. But I'd like to take all of them. And you think five I'd and like two will get us the them. first the the number one seed? I don't know what I don't know what the Nets have on their plate, yeah. but I'll tell you. I th- I think that you'd probably you 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 can probably lose one like it like it matters like any of those guys are actually going to be playing <laughs> clowns. Okay, uh, let's see. Well, the Nets are losing right now uh, with one minute to go in the fourth quarter against the Bucks. How how down how far down are they? They're Need down. Shit, they're down six points with uh, one oh five left. Well, I mean, watch out. I mean, that's who I'm really concerned with. Well, let me put that game on so we can kind of follow along here. But um, so the the, the Bucks tonight: Mavericks, Nuggets, Bulls, Spurs, Bulls, Cavs. They're gonna they're gonna run the table after this game. Mm, Don't you think? We sure need them to drop. I think the Cavs can knock them. I I think the Cavs can knock them off. They're a matchup nightmare for them. Yeah. All right. I think the Cavs so, played like good. Milwaukee's up by four with fifty-one seconds left. So we'll see. We'll hang on here. We'll we'll we'll, we'll take you home with this uh, with this game if you're following along. Um, what else? Any other thoughts on the Sixers? Do you is think our right? bench is deep enough to support a championship run? You know, obviously our starting five, but you know, you think our bench is strong enough? Boy, what I you know what I was thinking about the other day. I, ca- I caught the box score of the uh, Phoenix Suns. I, I forget uh, who they're playing, but like, you know, the Suns. Mike Hal Bridges is dropping like 13 a game. You know what I mean? How nice would it be to have him on our bench instead of Zaire Smith? Oh, wait, Zaire Smith <laughs> isn't even on our team. Man, what is Zaire Smith on? doing these days? He went to Detroit, I think. Oh, I don't know. DoorDash. To, to what? Build <laughs> cars? DoorDash. Work, work for Ford? Oh, I'm sure he's doing fine wherever Zaire is. But, you know, what a great story that Mikael Bridges could have been. Mom works for the Sixers. Great draft. You know, and they go and flip him for Zaire Smith and we never even see him again. And now he now Bridges is dropping 13 a game on a on a contender. You know what I mean? It's like, well, and that's what we all how nice would have been to have him on the bench next door to shake, you know? We all knew that that was the kind of player that Bridges was going to be when 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 they when they made the pick. We were all excited about it. The only people that didn't want him are apparently the guys that were in the front office. All right, looks like the Bucks are going to win this game. They're bleeding the clock right now. There's uh, ten seconds left. They're up by they're up by six. So what does that do to the standings? Does that does that put the the Bucks like seriously within striking? You got a decimal point there, Nico. 
will be a game no, and a half in don't first. We go one point five. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so if we win tomorrow game. night, um, we'll we go two up games. Pull two games. Yeah. How far back but, are the Bucks? Uh, all right. I'll, I mean, I'll we're put... gonna. I mean, we're gonna be in the top three. You know, what I mean, the the Sixers will not fo- fall below third. The, the Bucks. Yeah, but I want, the I Bucks want are gonna go to so three that we games. Can stay back. at home for a little while. The Bucks with a win tonight are gonna, will go to three games back. Okay. With seven to play. Yeah, it's gonna be. It would be a bit much. I don't know who holds the tiebreaker on that. Um, but the I Sixers mean, are the tiebreaker with the Nets. The only anyway, thing that's right? interesting is. With being bunched up like this, all three of these teams have got to play their guys to win the one seed. You know what I mean? You, you, there isn't like it's not like the Sixers are going to be able to rest in B other than probably in that back to back. Well, what they'll do is they'll they'll rest them like he did against the. So the whole reason that that Spurs or that Bulls game got close was because the bench let it get close. I mean, Doc is really trying to rest these guys as much as possible. Like within the game, right? Like, okay, right. they go up to this like twenty point lead. It's like, okay, well, let's see how long the bench can stay on the floor uh, and and hold everyone off. And then it gets like it's like, oh shit, you know, this is down to five points. You know, we got to put you know Embiid in, and, and then Embiid's got to play in overtime, which is annoying. So, but um, I will say, do you know where else we are bunched up? In the penalty box. It's just weird without Sarah here to do uh, to do penalty box. Gene, why don't you start us off? Who is in your penalty box today? Yeah, I don't even know what penalties. Well, we're gonna make them up. We'll 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 collaborate on them, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, what new rules in the MLB can we use as penalties? You we can take whatever rules you want. Most of the most of the new rules suck. Um, <laughs> Thanks. What I'm putting in the penalty in the penalty. Do you have box, a personal anecdote for us today? No. Well, this is more of um. It's more of personal paranoia. Okay. Um, I'm going to put that like very large rocket object that is hurtling towards Earth that China has put in orbit. So have you heard about this, guys? Have no. you heard about this? China no, put a no, rocket no. in orbit, but they have it's is on it its way back related? towards Earth. What? It's not sports related. No. Rarely are my spot are my Oh, I haven't heard a thing. So so they don't know important. when this thing is going to co- impact on Earth, but they know it could fall anywhere between New York and New Zealand. And here's my problem. A whole lot of shit is between New York <laughs> and New Zealand. The only place you're really safe is in China or Alaska. 70% of the Earth, it could fall and it could land. They don't know where. It's just this... It was originally like 38 tons. It's been whittled down to like 10 ton object that's just hurtling towards Earth that could at some point around May 10th land someplace where there are people living. And for that, I'm going to put... So we've got six days. Six days, yep. So for that, I'm going to put the object in the penalty box with the hopes that it'll slow it down long enough that we can recruit a crack team of miners or uh, astronauts or minor astronauts who can go up there and put it someplace safe. All right. So I think we, we really don't know the full extent of this uh, infraction yet until this this thing lands. So 
Right now, I think I'm going to say two minutes for littering. Yeah. All right, good. I'm with that. It's definitely going to litter. Two minutes for littering. Yeah. Or, But it could go up to like a double minor then, for, you know, killing thousands of people. For like death and destruction. Is that like the down? Like on the like spectrum. Like double minor. You know, two for death, two for destruction. Yeah. At most, you're killing a lot of people. At the very least, you're just, you're littering. Right. Okay. Just make sure they don't do too many mound visits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nico, who's on your mound today? Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, LeBron James. Boo-hoo. I don't want to be in a playoff tournament. Boo-hoo. Oh, come <laughs> on. You know what? If I have to hear him complain about this play-in tournament for one more second, okay? You know, if the tables were turned and his team were in second or first place, he wouldn't. Even, he wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, playoff tournament, play-in tournament gives everybody a chance. You know what I mean? He'd be he'd be quelling at the opportunity for for other people to get in. But oh, since his team, you know, isn't doing so well, and that he's he's threatened with the idea of the play-in tournament, he thinks it's a dumb idea. So you know what, LeBron, count your millions, go cry to somebody else. You're in my penalty box. Boo-hoo, LeBron. Boo-hoo. Jim, what kind of penalty do you think uh, we, we, we're going to get to LeBron here? Um, what is it, like a three-game tournament? I guess we could give him like two minutes and make him sit out the first game. Like, uh, like we would say like uh, – Give him two... a mound visit. Give him a mound visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, well, in, in – this, in this my really penalty south box, when you guys bring me on, doesn't it? It really, yeah, it really does. So in my penalty box, I'm going to put the Philadelphia Union uh, in the penalty box for sending this email uh, to fans sitting in certain select sections. Thank you for purchasing your tickets for tonight's game. Just a reminder, as you may have seen last season, the seats you have selected are covered up by virtual graphics on TV. Due to some challenges, no, due to some changes in technology, in order to best see the graphics and the full game without interruptions, we ask that you do your best to wear dark colors to the game. If you are wearing a light colored t-shirt or jacket, it will directly affect the broadcast. So we would appreciate any assistance you could provide in this area. So now what? they're telling us how to dress? Don't tell me what to wear to a sporting event. Or if you're going to tell me what to wear, give me a giveaway T-shirt that you want right. me to wear. Right. I mean, look, I get it. Like, if you want this league to succeed, they're trying to find money any way they can. And, you know, you should really do your best to try to support that endeavor, I'm assuming. Um, but I don't know. This just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Like, how – you can't really tell people what to wear to a sporting event, can you? I mean, you, you, you can suggest, but – you know, I guess, you know, you, they do these things like whiteouts or whatever that they do like in different state. I don't know if that's like a, an agreed upon thing that we're all going to wear white. But, um, you know, that feels different. You know what I mean? That feels organic. This feels like, you know, we, we want our we want our cool commercial to work. So make sure you wear your dark colored T-shirt. And what if the game's on a Wednesday? Because Wednesdays we wear pink, right? Well, yeah. I don't want to be wearing. I just don't want to be wearing like a dark shirt to a to an afternoon game in August. 
Oh, you end up having Nico a, never wears a pink. G- uh, Nico, gotta, please give the union Nico a penalty. Get a little warm, this show. <laughs> All right, you're, you're, how about a couple more mound visits for the union? A couple <laughs> extra mound visits. You know, a sweaty jean. All right, well, and, yeah. and uh, you know what? Three mound visits and five minutes sitting next to a sweaty jean. <laughs> okay. All right. That's that's a that's a good one. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you to our very special guest, Nick Algier, for joining us. Um, if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. And please, please, please check out the Painted Lines Network uh, on uh, YouTube and Twitter and Periscope and Twitch and all the other stuff for wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. Uh, we'll, be ba- we'll be back next Tuesday night uh, talking more Phillies, Sixers, Union, whatever else comes across the desk. Um, So until we meet again, have a great day at work, everybody, because we are out of here.